Stick around till the end of the episode to hear the debut of the new song from Kid Apocalypse, Depression. Did McDonald's have us voting yes for Mayor McCheese, or did it have us grimacing in disgust? Find out next on... Hello, everyone, and welcome to Burn Appetit, a Cross the Streams media podcast about food. I am your titular host, Burn Appetit, and I am once again joined by my two co-hosts from Three Beers and a Mic and the spinoff Three Beers and an MCU. Please welcome to the show, Dwayne and Scott. Say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Burn Appetit. Burn Appetit. I love the theme song, Dwayne. Burn Appetit. (laughs) Burn appetit. Alrighty. Well, Dwayne really appreciates that. He worked super hard on it, I'm sure. <laughs> we have a great guest tonight, guys. He is an actor who has starred in such films as The Roomies and The Hours Till Daylight. He's appeared on TV shows like Trinkets and one of my wife's favorite shows from back in the day, Grimm. Rapper and musician who performs under the pseudonym Kid Apocalypse, whose albums include Enter Kid Apocalypse and Regenesis, which I love that name so much for a variety of different reasons, which we will get to. And he's a comic book writer. Please welcome to the show, Quinn Allen. Say hello, Quinn. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's really nice to have you. Oh, it's my pleasure. The first segment we do on this show, I like to call Pretty Woman. That's where we let you try on all the hats that I just mentioned that you do. And you get to, you know, model them and show them off a little bit. So let's start with the acting. What made you go into acting? Yeah, I never really had my sights set on being an actor for a career or anything. Um, I was doing some film studies programs in high school uh, and through that started making my own sort of short films and competing in competitions and getting little awards for, you know, the short films I did. Uh, So a buddy and I kind of started a production company with the intention of just making short films and maybe hopefully eventually feature films. So we moved up to Portland together uh, in, boy, I want to say 2008. And that's when we uh, made that film you mentioned, The Roomies, a feature-length film that I starred in. And it was really kind of at that point when uh, the guy, my friend Jared, who was the writer and director that I had moved to Portland with and started that production company, Mongrel Studios, with, he he kind of said, like, you know, you know, I've been getting to know this character as I've been writing, and I think you should you should try out being the, the main guy. And I was like, all right, sure, let's do this. And you know, when I moved to Portland, I kind of had my sights set more on music as a as a you know career and a dream of mine. And then I started getting more and more acting work, and it was paying some bills. Actually, I was in some commercials for Suffer Nintendo, and suddenly I had oh, an awesome. agent. Yeah, yeah, I had this like talent agent and everything, and I was booking work, and I was like, okay, I get. I mean, so I've you know I've I've always seen it more as just sort of like a side hustle. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if somebody wants to pay me to stand in front of a camera and say some words, Hey, I'll do that for money. No problem. Uh, and so, yeah, it's kind of gone on from, from there for, for some years, but, uh, kind of stumbled into it more pushed into the spotlight than anything. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, do you prefer doing movies or the TV shows or commercials? 
Do you have preference? Well, yeah. I mean, the TV shows and commercials pay more. So there's that, right? I mean, if we're just uh-huh. talking strict, you know, a job like Grimm spends a million dollars an episode did when they were in production, you know, so they've got money yeah. flying around. And some of those big commercials I've done for Columbia Sportswear or Fred Meyer or Nintendo, they, those are pretty big paychecks as well. Uh, it's nice when you do stuff like the Netflix stuff or, or Grimm, for example, gets residuals. So every time my episode airs, I get another paycheck, which is pretty cool. That being said, when you're on those types of productions, like there's very little creative freedom for somebody like myself because I'm usually a bit role, right? I'm I'm what's considered a co-star if I have so many lines or yeah, maybe I'm the main guy in the commercial, but really it's all up to the like clients who are are doing that, you know, they get to make all the decisions. So I don't really have the flexibility of like being like, hey, I have this creative input I want to express as an actor, right? It's more just (laughs) straight up a job. Whereas then working on like some of the smaller independent films that I've done, well, you know, I can throw my weight around a little bit more. And and in those, I get the chance to actually, yeah, dive into the role. And I know the crew and cat, you know, pretty well. And so we can all kind of, you know, I can talk to the director more openly and be like, hey, I had this idea. I want to change this. I want to do that, you know, and, and I can add my creative spin to things. So. So there's one or the other, depending on if I'm in it for the paycheck or if I want to have some fun. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Is the audition process as bad as I feel like it would be? It can be. There, there's a guy who's actually my friend now. Uh, is one of the bigger casting uh, companies in Portland. He does a lot of commercials, but he did like all of Portlandia, and he does a lot of indie indie films and stuff that come through there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, he he's a buddy of mine. But like, you know, I was I've been auditioning for him for a decade. And in the first maybe few years that I lived in Portland, I started to get the idea that he was some sort of eccentric millionaire that didn't actually have a talent agency or a casting agency. He was just <laughs> just torturing people on camera. Because yeah. I remember one of them, he was like throwing stuff at me and I was supposed to like dodge it and do all these pratfalls. And he was asking if, it would be, if I would be okay getting shot in, in the crotch with a paintball gun and stuff like that. So I was like, wow, during the this is well, that was like, if you get the job, are you okay with like, uh, okay. I, I was like, do I have a cup on? Like, like, <laughs> like, dear God, like this is what it takes, huh? I mean, so, you know, you get used to some degree of it. Like, yeah, you, you kind of feel like a pony or a dog at a dog show, you know, and it's just kind of, you go up and you, you do your little shtick or whatever, and you only got, you know, some of it's ridiculous. Like, you go to read for those roles for those big shows, like, you know, uh, what was Leverage? I don't know if anybody remember Leverage. That was that was shot in Portland, too. So, yeah. Yeah, Leverage, Graham, any of those big network shows like that, they'll see a hundred different people for a role that has one line. Like, I, I remember, like, doing a security guard in a museum or when it was like, Lot 6 the, for the Louvre. Like, that's it. That's all you get to show them that you should be the guy for this job but they're seeing a hundred people for that role like why any monkey could do it just pick the person that you like the look of and i'm sure they can say those eight words or whatever you know so it can be frustrating but that is why i am offer only (laughs) (laughs) those are always the best though is like when my agent just calls me he's like oh you have a direct booking somebody just saw your headshot and wants you like perfect so far no hits but <laughs> my phone's always available. That's right. Get um, that phone number on a billboard. What advice would you have to someone who wants to get into acting? Hmm. Anything you yeah. learned over your years of auditioning and shows, commercials, movies? Yeah, you know, I used to tell people like, well, there's a couple things. Like, one, some people just ask me, like, no, literally, how do you do it? Like, I, I feel like every time a camera is pointed at me, I like freeze up. I'm, you know, I don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. 
And so I'd say like, you know, if you, if that's something you really want to pursue, like, don't worry about like acting yet. Like just learn to be comfortable being yourself on camera. Like if you can do that, if you can just be natural and be yourself in front of a camera and just be relaxed, then you can kind of build the next step, which is like really like it's unlearning more than it is learning. You did it. We all did it, right? We all played pretended we were Batman or whatever when we were kids, you know, some and of us still do. do. Yeah, still do exactly. Yeah, that's what I am. I am a grown-up child that pretends to be these other people for money. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, it's really just kind of going. It's it's losing that sense of, I guess, shame or whatever that people get as an adult somehow that that yeah. tells them you can't do that. That's silly. Well, if you can quiet that part of your mind, you can you could pretty easily do it. That's the sort of like how you actually do the job thing. As far as like breaking into the business and getting work. Start small, you know. I I got my first commercial uh, uh, off Craigslist. You know, it was like it was a national commercial for a, a video game for the Nintendo Wii. Like, and it was like I was I think I was supposed to be just an extra at like fifty bucks for the day or something like that. And they flew this other guy who was in the commercial up from L.A. to be the lead, and everybody else was all these extras. We we're all supposed to be like doing a we were in a chess club, we we're in some sort of Ivy League school or whatever, and I was a nerd playing chess. And uh, and then they were like, oh, you've had some experience speaking words in front of a camera before here. Why don't we bump you up to a hundred dollars for the day and you'll get the speaking part opposite the main guy. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, look around, see what's around you. You know, you know, you might have to be an extra for a while and kind of work your way into it. But at least once you have a resume or a reel or something, you can show off like it's just like anything creative. Like people want to know you can do it before you can do it, which is like that catch 22, right. you know. Do you remember what game that was for? Mm. Rubik's World, like a Rubik's Cube style <laughs> okay. game for like a puzzle game for the Nintendo Wii. I've also done one for it was the, the, the first generation of the Nintendo 3DS. Those are the Pretty two cool. like video game ones I can remember. What was your favorite role that you've ever done? Hmm. That's a great question. I <clears throat> did a, a pretty small indie feature that was written and directed by a buddy of mine. Uh, and it's called Son of Evil, uh, which has a very ominous title, but it's actually more of a sweet film. Uh, I think it's uh, a reference to a Gigi Allen song. Um, anyways, it's uh, a quirky little sort of slice of life drama, kind of drama comedy thing. Um mm -hmm. And I just think that was like some of the work I'm the most proud of. I think it's available for free on YouTube in, in its entirety. Um, oh, Son of cool. Evil. It's it's a it's a fun little movie, and if anybody watches it, you will see my butt. There, you've been warned. <laughs> hey, perfect. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot I won't do when people are like, oh, like I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. They're like, I'll pay you fifty dollars. Okay, sure, let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of butts, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I see on your IMDb credit. Oh no! From the unquenchable thirst of bone juice. Yes, bone juice. Your role, <laughs> your role is old man's booty worm. You got it. What, what is that about? Oh boy, you you really did your homework. Um, so, uh, boy, where, do you, where do you even start? The unquenchable, <laughs> the unquenchable thirst for boner juice. First name Bo, last name Nair juice. Oh, I get it now. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> a rock opera comedy Ooh. featuring claymation scenes and also happens to have um, 
Oh, come on. Uh, she's a scream queen from Return of the Living Dead. Uh, Linnea Quigley is in it. Uh, anyways, it was uh, written and directed uh, by a buddy of mine. Again, all these projects have like a, uh, there's a nepotistic angle to this. So like we all kind of <laughs> met each other and then started working together. And then when one of us would direct something, everybody pitches in. And they did that one. And I was kind of like, I don't know, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we've done some weird stuff but this one's out there uh but i said all right you know if you want me to throw my 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 voice in there you know as for one of the claymation characters i'll do that but i told him not to credit me and now it's like top billing on my on my imdb page yeah it's also like the the trailer for it is like what comes up because yeah. yes. they, they, they literally yeah. went the opposite way and like tried to tag me and all that and because my last name <laughs> professionally is alan and I have like the maybe one of the bigger, you know, resumes, you know, it always comes up with like Inquisitor with Thurston Bonage, starring Quinn Allen. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not <laughs> starring in it. Like, so yeah, I'm pretty there. sure that's too. I think the first one's actually the roomies. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was the first really one funny. I did. Yeah. But uh, yeah, all those guys worked on all these projects together. We were all kind of a, a team for a while there. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, let's talk about your music here. Mm-hmm. Where did you come up with the name Kid Apocalypse? <laughs> uh, stole it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, it was actually when we were doing that film, The Hours Till Daylight in Texas, uh, was where we were shooting that film. And uh, th- my friend Zach, who's the guy who directed Son of Evil. So again, we're all working on each other's projects here. Zach was talking to me about you know all these more obscure hip hop groups that he's into. And he was asking me if I'd ever really heard of Nerdcore, knowing that I'm somebody who was really into like comic books and stuff and video games. And I was like, no, I've never heard of that. I have no idea what you're talking about. And he was like, yeah, there's this whole subgenre of hip hop where people rap about nerd stuff that they like. So he showed me things like Megaran and MC Front a lot and a lot of these kind of, you know, first gen versions of the Nerdcore scene. Uh, and I was like listening to what they're doing and being like, dude, yeah, I could do that. Like I could totally write rhymes about like the stuff that I'm really into. And it just mm-hmm. so happened at that time, I happened to be reading Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Men run, which uh, in that particular run, he invents this clone of the villain Apocalypse from the Marvel Universe, who's a child still. So he's Kid Apocalypse is their kind of nickname for him. And so I, I just, I don't know, something about that character stuck with me. I was like, I like this idea that, you know, the nature versus nurture element, right? By his nature, uh-huh. he should be some sort of evil, you know, mutant Hitler. But uh-huh. by because he's been raised by the X-Men and, you know, on sort of the side of good, it's sort of this grand experiment of, is he going to go evil or is he going to, is he, you know, will his nurture prevail? So, so I identified with that and I was like, that plus like the plight of the mutants as being obvious, an obvious parallel for the civil rights movement of the 1960s in which the whole genre started, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh seemed pretty easy to make the, those connections. And then there's just a whole host of, you know, even before anybody had thought of the word nerdcore, you know, I can point to like, I mean, all the guys in Wu-Tang, all the, you know, even Dr. Dre, all those dudes, like they're, they're load, their rhymes are loaded with references to Transformers and to superheroes and comic books because, you know, they're all nerds at heart too. So yeah. it wasn't too much of a stretch. And then you rap with um, Dark Beast, right? Yeah, that was, yep, yep, my friend Jerry. It seems like yeah. a pretty easy uh, X-Men rapper name, just to go with Beast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but he was doing the one from the Age of Apocalypse universe, right, mm-hmm. where he was like the evil yeah. version, yeah, which was like kind of the, uh, uh, he was like the instigator, right? Like, I'm supposed to be this young, impressionable version of Apocalypse, you know, who's kind mm-hmm. of on the on the fence, and then we've got this evil 
you know, beast guy who's constantly the the devil on my shoulder, kind of trying to tempt me. Yeah, I love it. Um, who who do you look up to uh, music wise? Like, who do you take inspiration from? Oh yeah, there's a bunch. You know, I always kind of tell people when it comes to like hip hop, particularly, there's like my my Trinity, but that's with like a D, not T. Like so, like Del Doom and Dre, right? Like so, Del Funky Homo Sapien. Like his Deltron 3030 record, like literally for me, invented the idea that you could do this sort of concept album where you're portraying a character in hip hop, you know, and that was like revolutionary to me. So that that was definitely an early influence in my in my uh, hip hop stuff. And then, you know, Dr. Dre, I just I grew up in Southern California. So like when Chronic 2001 hit, that's what we were all bumping in our cars every school to go Mm -hmm. every day going to school. You know, we were just like like totally windows down blaring that thing. So, you know, I just, that, oh, that yeah. particular album is imprinted in my mind forever. And, you know, his, his influence on, on me is, you know, definitely there. And then MF doom, like MF doom, you know, was the nerdcore rapper before there was a nerdcore, like he, you know, he, him and like MC Chris or somebody like that, you know, these kind of guys who they were just doing the best hip hop they could do, but they just happened to be super influenced by like, I mean, Doom was like everything from 70s and 80s pop culture, you know, it could have been Scooby-Doo, it could have been whatever, you know, so he was huge for me. So I was pretty bummed to hear that he passed away last year. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I love all the names of your songs here. Like, <laughs> they're right up my alley for nerd stuff, like Earth's um, 616, Wheat Cakes, and Aunt May. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite song that you've done for kid apocalypse huh um that's a good question i kind of kind of really like the leaving las vegas song because i'm a huge hunter s thompson fan and Mm -hmm. like being able to somehow mash up x-men with fear and loathing in las vegas was like a lot of fun for me so like (laughs) if you listen to the song i'm like recreating lines from fear and loathing but changing some of the elements to make it more sense for like i mean just some of the ones didn't even need changing it felt like like there goes one of god's only prototypes a high-powered mutant of some kind never intended for mass production too weird to live too weird to die that's straight up from the from the book like i didn't i even have to say anything it was just like it's so weird where this stuff comes up like one of bowie's songs too um which one is it uh oh you pretty things by david bowie like when i listen to that and i hear him say stuff like you got to make way for the homo superior and stuff like that. Like, it's just like, whoa, what? Like, were you reading X-Men comics when you wrote that? Like, is that, I don't know how else you get to that. Like, it's so on the nose, but I love it. I love your Kid Apocalypse Rising song because it samples the X-Men cartoon theme song. Um, oh man, that theme song, every time I hear it, <laughs> it just like pumps me up. I love that song so much. Yeah. We actually have a little sample of it, uh, if you don't mind. Why don't yeah. we give that a listen? Dwayne, hit it. That was Kid Apocalypse Rising. Um, I guess there's only one more question to ask. What are you working on right now? 
Yeah. Uh, well, actually, funny story about that sample before we go back to it is that is that uh, the some of the people that worked on that show actually have like a shared Twitter account where they talk about having worked on that show. And at one point or another, they retweeted that video with that song in it. And it was just oh, for really? me, like one of those milestones of like, dude, somebody who worked on the show saw my stuff and that is just so cool for me like that's amazing to know that they know that i did that <laughs> it was pretty awesome but that's, uh, yeah, cool. that's amazing yeah one of those one of those fun little things that happens um currently uh you know i've been working on a lot of projects that aren't music related but uh as as i mentioned after hearing the news of uh, mf doom's passing i just felt like i gotta do something to kind of to just you know to celebrate the dude like that guy was so massively influential on what i do and still is you know i still i just it's almost all i ever listen to you know and and so i i wanted to figure out a way that i could pay tribute to to the legend that he he was and so i've been working on a tribute record uh to mf doom it's a whole kind of new concept i'm rapping as a doom bot uh so as if i were you know some sort of knockoff cheap version of mf doom that mm -hmm. and and the idea is like he's gone and this doombot doesn't really know what to do he has no direction he has no leader anymore and so i'm uh the concept of the of the record is that i'm doing the five stages of grief each one as a different track so it's just the experience really of this one little doombot who's uh, been left behind that's yeah. really cool yeah, yeah that's, that's a cool concept mm. yeah i don't know if you guys know much about the guy but he literally would send people sometimes to do his shows for him wearing the mask that he wore. And like, then it became known as doom bots like that. The, oh, this isn't a real show. This is a doom bot show. Like, of course it made people pretty <laughs> mad who paid 80 bucks or whatever. To say, I was gonna say, I'd be a little but, like, I would, I couldn't figure out if I would have been upset or if I would have been like, that's just so damn clever and on brand for your like Dr. Doom, like <laughs> reference that like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta hand it to you, man. That's pretty awesome. Like, but uh, yeah. So doom bots. Oh, I love Dr. Doom. I'm waiting for uh, his the next issue of Fantastic Four that's coming out is Doctor Doom's wedding. Oh, so that'll be pretty exciting. Yeah, I haven't really seen much of him that I can think of. Like, I don't keep super current with things anymore. But like, what like the Secret Wars two, where he was like a god. That was like one of the that was cool. I love that character because he's like a genius and he's not purely evil, so to speak. So much as he yeah. is just yeah. egocentric. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just he's an interesting I, guy. I liked him from the early, early Fantastic Four comics because he'd always come in like with such like gravitas and make these yes. big proclamations. Oh, and... absolutely. He's Shakespeare. I mean, I've been going through old Fantastic Four and not even just that, like Submariner cartoon mm -hmm. from the 60s because I've been pulling all these samples to use on my on my new record. And so I'm like listening to like any appearance of doom just to get those little sound bites where he's like, now you will face the wrath of doom, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Cause he's, yeah, he does have that like verbosity you know, whatever that he's just like, what the heck man? Like he's just, yeah. he loves talking he's, about himself. He's he so the ridiculous. Best lines. Yeah. And then every issue always ends with like team rocket style. Like he like blasts off. <laughs> exactly. like, like he's like the fear. He like gets that out of literally happened. Yep. That literally happened in the episode of the 1960s Submariner cartoon that I was, had to watch the whole thing so that I could pull any sample. It's terrible. It's a terrible cartoon. Like, you know, meanwhile on planet earth, you know, it's like that kind of like <laughs> radio announce. I think it must've been a radio broadcast that they then just put some animation cells over it. Cause like barely anything moves in the animation frame. But, uh, uh, but yeah, literally after he's his plan is foiled, 
I'm not joking. He rides back to Earth on a meteor. Not joking. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he, <laughs> he does, he does up. Somehow he gets onto a meteor and just rides it back to Earth. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think that's issue five of Fantastic Four. He does that. Does he really? Um, or he gets shot out and then he comes back. Next time you see him, it's because he came back on a meteor. <laughs> uh, it's just so Holy funny because he'll do that. He'll he'll like he'll do that. He'll come back on a meteor and be like, "No one can match the genius that is yeah. Doctor Doom." Of course. And then he'll get shrunken down into the. Um, the mini verse or whatever they call it. Right. right. <laughs> and he'll like disappear because he's so little. Right. And it'll come back and be like, Doom's so great. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's so ridiculous. I mean, I, I've been grabbing a lot of these sound bites and some I, you'll have to dig some up yourself or I can send you some. But some of them are just epic. Like the like his, his like disses to like the superheroes and stuff are just way too good because it's like over your head. But first you're like, wait, what? Like yeah. I love him so much. Um since we're talking about comics and nerdy stuff. You're obviously an X-Men fan, or at least X-Men, X-Force fan. Uh, My question was, did you start from the comics or the cartoon? But it sounds like you're a comic book man. Um, Who's your favorite X-Men, and what's your favorite, like, storyline from the comics? Mm, Those are tough. I kind of always, you know, being, I've always been somewhat apocalypse-centric for some reason. So, like, that, I don't know what about that particular character drew me in. Um, but like, yeah, like the age of apocalypse universe, when that was happening, like I was only kind of aware of it on the sidelines. I wasn't, I didn't have the budget to be able to buy that many comic books to keep up with it at the time, but I was able to get some of it in collected stories later on and stuff. And, and that whole concept of like the time travel that then, you know, accidental death of Xavier, which spawns a whole new world and yada, yada. And everybody's different. Like, you know, that was extremely exciting to me at the time. Like, Oh, Cyclops is a bad guy. Wolverine's missing a hand and all these cool things that, you know, Mm -hmm. you just got these other world versions of these characters, um, which for DC, I'm sure wasn't that different, but for Marvel was, like cool like we're doing something very different um you know i was actually when i I was just finishing legion recently that the fx show i hadn't Mm -hmm. for some reason i fell off of that a while back and then got back on and as he was doing his time travel to see you know xavier when he was younger i was like oh my god are they doing like age of apocalypse is he gonna actually kill xavier and like spawn that universe (laughs) no that's not what happens but (laughs) a boy can dream uh so i'd say yeah stuff around the age of apocalypse stuff was definitely i still come back to it like i'll still find some trade or something that i didn't even know existed that was set in that time or when they've gone back to it in x-force and other they they'll come back to that universe so mm-hmm. i send to tend to center around that stuff as far as a favorite x-men character that's always been really tough for me There's so many yeah. good ones there are and like for different reasons like storm is like for me like undeniably badass like there's just nothing about storm that isn't awesome like from yeah. her origin to like her time the x-men like that was like one of the cooler moments to me it was like that that jim lee 90s stuff where they were like ah the team's getting too big cyclops can't be in charge of all these people who could be the other leader it's like well duh it's gonna be storm you know like yeah. uh so she's been really cool uh cyclops has never been the character i've really related much to like i i noticed that like any of those kind of goody two shoes poster boy kind of characters yeah. like leonardo from the turtles and cyclops from the x-men i always the had a difficult time buddy. yeah i kind of like the like raphaels and the wolverines you know the ones that are a little more mm-hmm. like eh, they've been around they've got some more experience anyways but the fun ones uh, but cyclops <laughs> also had his like fun stuff like whedon's astonishing x-men run like where all that stuff was happening you know uh, on on the other planet where 
with the, the the big bullet coming out of the planet and stuff like that. So that whole run was really fun. And it also, for me, actually made Cyclops interesting, which he'd never been to that point. Um, is X-Men your favorite comic book series? Or do you like, is there another one you like more? Yeah, I would say probably going to just, yeah, X-Men. Yeah, there are other ones I like. I'll, I'll read some DC. I like Green Lantern. I like Batman. Uh, you know, there's a handful of books here and there. I'll touch anything Morrison, you know, has mm-hmm. touched. So like all of his Batman stuff, you know, his all-star Superman is by far one of the best Superman stories I've ever read. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some other characters here and there for sure that I'm interested in. But if you like dig through my boxes right now, it's like full runs of nineties X-Men nineties Ghost Rider, you know, the full <laughs> run of like Wolverine solo title. Like, so oh, I love it it tends to center around that. I like a lot of the Dr. Strange and the defenders and those kind of characters as well. Bernie, you know, you have to ask the one big question. What did you think what? about apocalypse? Portrayal yeah. in the well, I, I don't want, I didn't want to break your heart and talk about the apocalypse <laughs> X-Men movie. You know, I didn't hate it. I didn't. What? Uh, I know. I know. I was expecting to, when I saw the trailer, I was expecting to, to really crap on it. Uh, you know, but I walked out of it. I mean, there's definitely stuff about it I don't like. You know, actually, to this day, I've never seen the Dark Phoenix one. So, don't. <laughs> yeah, I, that's kind of why, is because everybody's like, no, there's nothing redeeming about that one, and definitely like, you know, giving Angel his hot topic makeover or whatever he does at one point <laughs> in the film was. There was stuff about it that was like, well, this is dumb. But uh, yeah, I didn't hate Oscar Isaac's version of that character. It was not apocalypse from the comics or the cartoon or the one that we all kind of know but i got it like he was like this charismatic cult leader that kind of wooed people over with his mysterious powers and stuff and like he actually did do some pretty crazy stuff he like turned people to sand and stuff it was like holy crap like this guy's pretty rough you know pretty rough but uh yeah like it wasn't the best thing i've ever seen but i wasn't as disappointed as i thought i was gonna be he certainly wasn't the reason why the movie wasn't like good Mm. i remember Mm -hmm watching it i think i watched it on a plane and then later i watched it at home and at home on my tv i start noticing like especially towards the end scenes when they're like fighting with in the like the rubble of all the buildings and stuff and they they have that shot from the trailer of psylocke like doing that flip like down and doing like a superhero Yeah. yeah the the rock set pieces in the background are made of styrofoam and you can fucking tell they're made of styrofoam (laughs) for sure it was so bad i'm just sitting there watching this i'm like are they serious right now they couldn't even like make shitty like cgi rocks or something that's the that's the curse of like high definition man like all this the new you know super hd 4k resolution stuff like you see the pores on people's noses now you can't hide that stuff anymore like it's gotten crazy how clear everything is like that was like i bought the same experience i had with buying the blu-rays of of the star wars trilogy like i watched that shit on a tiny 12 inch box tv on vhs it was fuzzy because i'd watch it 17 times you know every day like so like you know you couldn't see any of those details but then you get it on blu-ray and it's new remaster and you know whatever and i'm seeing like that c-3po like just wearing a shirt with like wires painted on it in between Uh his segments like or the tauntauns rubbery neck like moving around like (laughs) i never could see those details on my tiny tv (laughs) and i kind of wish i hadn't seen those details like it's like you know seeing the magic trick it's like oh well that's not as impressive anymore yeah that's pretty funny 
Um, there's a good documentary about um, the props and stuff they used to make the first Star Wars. It's pretty wild. It's oh, like, for sure. It's like garage sale stuff that they Absolutely. just like, spray Yeah, painted. what's the uh, – you know what's funny? Like I, I read about that. I think it was in um, Carrie Fisher's like autobiography she did right before she passed. Like, And or maybe yeah, – she was talking about how they made the lightsabers out of like uh, – flash bulbs or, or some sort sort of some sort of component of a flash for a camera that existed at the time that the prop designer found in a like you said in like a heap or something and so i was like oh my god i wonder if i can find out exactly what model it is and like try to recreate the prop yeah <laughs> me and every other fucking star wars nerd that's ever existed do you know how much those <laughs> those things go for on ebay just because everybody knows hey you want to make luke skywalker the way it appeared in the original star wars well you're gonna pay an arm and a leg for it <laughs> do you see the new lightsabers there coming out with at disney world the new star wars resort no i have you, not you push a button and it actually like comes up because what comes little toy up? Park comes, like, like oh the, just like the little, little yeah, plastic like, piece like or whatever yeah and like slow-mo wow. Wow, yeah yep, that'll well. cost four hundred dollars probably worth it yep worth it definitely buying one <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of comic books you are writing on a comic book called Sex, Drugs, and Sushi Rolls. Yes, that's right. What is that about? Give us the, uh, <laughs> give us the rundown of that. Yeah, that was a, it's been an interesting process. We're, we're, we're kind of, you know, really in the early stages still. We've got about four issues that, we, that I've written and that uh, Bonnie is the name of the artist that she's, she's drawing. It was all Bonnie's original concept. And she sort of came to me with a half-finished issue one and was like, I don't really know what to do with the rest of this. And I said, hey, you want me to take a stab? And she said, sure. Bonnie, oddly enough, is actually my wife's college roommate. So, like, more of a buddy of my wife's that, like, just knew that I liked comics. And so we've gotten to know each other a lot more through this creative process of working on this book together. Oddly enough, Bonnie and I have a much more similar style of sense of humor, which is toilet humor, uh, <laughs> than my wife, who is much too highbrow Perfect. for that. Yeah, so she came to me with this idea. It's like anthropomorphized animals, right? Like, the main character is a sloth but they're like living in Portland, Oregon. And she's just like this sloth. She's probably mid thirties or whatever. You know, she works at a sushi restaurant. She's studying to become a sushi chef and she's just got, you know, all this baggage and all these problems and just trying to navigate life and, and relationships and, and just, they're all failures after failures. And so she's just trying to figure herself out in this crazy world. And so the juxtaposition of like real life situations and very raw, real settings with like, and, and things and events with these like, fantastic ridiculous animals you know not even wearing clothes you know stuff it's just like none of it makes any sense and that's what works about it um you know and so yeah it's like about this character natalie and she's a sloth and like i said she's uh studying to be a sushi chef and so so we're we're, we're exploring that and just seeing where she goes and she's always getting up to some antics and you know drug fueled craziness i think i describe it there's a section in issue one that's like how to talk to your friends about sex, drugs, and sushi rolls. Like, cause it is just such a weird, like we have to put on the cover, like caution, explicit animal sex, because there's like <laughs> straight up, like, I don't know what other comic book you're going to see a uh, koala having sex with a tarsier, like, you know, <laughs> with hot dogs involved as the foreplay, like that happens in issue one. And so we just needed to make wow. it clear to who, people who might pick it up on the shelf, like, by the way, don't show this to your kids. Like, <laughs> this is not Disney. This is uh, this is pretty raw. Um, it's not do you have any idea where? Do you have What's any that? idea where we'll be able to find that? 
Whenever yeah, that's a great question. Out. Yeah, we'll probably have it digitally available pretty easily. Um, we don't have any kind of official website or anything yet for it. Mm-hmm. But our our first idea, I'm 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 straight up gonna like I'm gonna get like a hat and a briefcase and walk into comic book stores and be like, "Good day, ma'am. Like, can I interest you in carrying a comic book? Like, you know, like I'm totally gonna go door to door and try to like." you know sell my fantastic wares um so so interest you in this comic book where a platypus fucks a frog with hot dogs and who would say no to that because you're just like uh like how many how many books on your shelf do you have that have that in there so you know we've got the market cornered is what i'm saying um it's a good selling point (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, part of it was like, I think when I was describing it in that part, it was like, you know, it's ultimately a book about wild animals, but not like wild animals, like like girls gone wild kind of wild animals. You get what I mean. <laughs> like, And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll try to put, we're definitely making physical copies, but they're probably going to be relatively limited in number. And then we figured, you know, if, if there's enough interest, we'll do second and third printings and we'll get some friends of mine who are artists to do variant covers and do the whole spiel. I think ultimately we're trying to build up to getting a trade paperback. That's kind of our bigger goal. It's like, we just want to have one completed story collected in trade form. And so we may at that point that we're, we have all those issues together, single issues. We might try to do a Kickstarter or something as a way of putting together funds to, to get the trade out or um, we may just bite the bullet on it. So yeah, we're, like I said, we're about four issues in right now. We haven't put any of it out yet. I'm going to shop it around to, to some publishers <laughs> just waiting to see those emails of, uh, no, <laughs> no, thank you. That uh, sounds like one of those books that we were talking about before the show started that I'll have to pick up and send to CGC to get that 9.8. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll sign it and everything wait to see if it becomes big and then i got that's issue right. number one that's right it'll be like eastman and laird like like straight up ninja turtle status we're gonna make him in a garage if we have to uh let's talk about gaslands you oh, yeah. customize hot wheels for a tabletop game called gaslands what is gaslands yeah gaslands is interesting it's uh it's a kind of a miniatures game made by this guy mike hutchinson for a game company called osprey games and Gaslands, really all that officially exists for the game is the rule book. So the rule book tells you, you know, everything you need to know about how to play, but you don't, it's not a board game. You can't buy pieces for it. The only thing, you know, you can really do is just make it yourself and it's encouraged. So, you know, a lot of people, you could play it in any scale you want. You could make it Lego cars. You could make it micro machines. You could do whatever you want, but it's a basically a post-apocalyptic Mad Max death race kind of world and you you know whatever you know, most people use hot wheels like i do uh, but you can kind of use any scale you want you've got little templates and stuff and so there's different scenarios you can be in a death race or a death match or a zombie bash or you can fight a truckosaurus and all sorts of cool stuff and so once you got the rules down you know you just need something to actually play with and so you know that's kind of what got me into it was the customizing part like i had a, i was working at a game store in portland somebody told me about the game and showed me the cars they'd made and i was like that's pretty cool. And then I went home and my kids got this massive box of Hot Wheels and I'm looking at one of his Hot Wheels going like, oh, I could put a gun on that. And then suddenly I'm stealing Hot Wheels from him. And then the first time he actually noticed, I was like, uh-oh, like, oh no. So then I have to like buy my own. Now I have more Hot Wheels than I could ever know what to do with. There's boxes and boxes of them just sitting here uh, waiting. I'm going to modify them one day, I swear. Um and so, yeah, the hobby's kind of grown. I got a 3D printer. I, you know, just make a bunch of them. I even have an Etsy page 
that I saw. I actually just sold a car before we got on on this podcast today. So um, at least Hot Wheels aren't crazy expensive to to be modifying and yes stuff, right? yeah <laughs> that's always my excuse it's only a dollar right but how many do you have quinn 1200 you know like you know, like my wife is checking the shopping bags coming home like how many freaking hot wheels did you buy like you will fit in nicely around here yeah it's like none in there because they're all in the trunk haha <laughs> so is it like a so like how do you play is it almost like a Dungeons and Dragons style? Not or? quite. It's a little more comparable to like X-Wing, if you've ever played the X-Wing yeah, yeah, tabletop yeah. game. So you know how you have those like mm-hmm. movement templates that you use? Yeah. Like So it's kind of like that. You pick a movement template, you do your move, you hope you don't crash into something. You know, there's some dice rolling to give it a, a, an element of random chance. You could be more risky and bold, or you can play it more conservative. You know, and then it just depends on the scenario. Like, is it a death race? Because if so, like, you can try to win by actually completing the race. But if there's no chance of you doing that, just blow up your opponent then. Because then at that point, if they can't finish, you win by default. Uh, so, you know, there's, yeah, there, you basically build your own team. Everybody starts with so many cans of gas, which is the currency of the game. And you pick whichever kind of cars and what kind of weapons and what kind of, you know, additional bonuses you want. And, you know, you build your team, you set, you come to the table and you, but you know, you don't have to do what I do. You don't have to glue little weapons to them and make them look all crazy. Yeah. You know, plenty of people will just pick something up, you know, right out of the box and put it on the table and say, that's a heavy truck and it's got a, you know, BFG on it. Okay, great. Sounds good. <laughs> but the making of the cars, I would think would be the best part. Yeah, for me, it's like I've definitely made more cars than I have played games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, so especially COVID world. But uh, yeah, like it's a fun game. I like it. I'm not particularly good at it, even. <laughs> I don't often win, but it, you know, there's a lot of fun ways to mix it up. They have the guy who made it comes up with different scenarios. He's just released a new game called A Billion Suns, which is like a sci fi space warfare game. Um, which one of the appeals of is is played over multiple surfaces. So you kind of have like space mats and different on different tables and you can kind of jump <laughs> through hyperspace and land in different areas. And there's that different wild. Yeah. You're like a corporation and you're trying to vie for these contracts and stuff and for dominance. And so now I've been painting and printing a lot of little spaceships for, for that game. So that sounds like it'd be crazy at a tournament though. You just have people, yeah, you need a lot place, of space yeah. for that. You would need a lot of space for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you can use whatever you want for that too. You got a bunch of X-wing and Armada ships or whatever from those Star Wars games. Fine, throw that on the table. Call it a you know corporation. Man, the local comic book stores would love shit like that. You just walk in, you see all all these nerds huddled on you know the fold out big tables playing yep. game, like all sorts of games and stuff. They would. You know, I, you know, I grew up, I grew up playing Magic the Gathering, like from the beginning, right? Like I was that target audience of like, it was the early nineties. I've got the, you know, revised starter decks and stuff. And, and so I played Magic on and off again, pretty much my entire life. And uh, even though somebody was into like magic and Star Wars and I've always been, you know, you know, when before Star Wars was acceptable as being cool, like I would, I was the guy who stayed in at lunch to play the Star Wars trading card game that nobody even remembers exists. Like, you know, and like, so like, you know, it wasn't cool to like Star Wars when I was growing up, but uh, you know, I, even me would like, I'd go to those game stores and see like people playing like Dungeons and Dragons, like all huddled around Mm -hmm. the board and being like, 
nerds. Like, yeah, like, like nerds. there's not even anything in front of you. You just have pencil and paper. Like, you know, like how is that interesting? Like, and you know, to be honest, I've played Dungeons and Dragons a few times in my adult life. I don't love it. I, it's pretty slow and I hate how much organization there needs to be to get a game even going. Like, and I just get impatient yeah. with them. It's like, just make a fucking decision, dude. Like, let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. I tried to play once and I was the same way. I was like, can we just start? They're like, no, you need to do. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm five out. hours of character <laughs> creation. Like we only have one book to make a character with. So everybody's going to have to take their turn five hours each. Like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. So it's not, it's not my favorite game. My son, for some reason has really fallen into the, like the lore of dungeons and dragons. So like I have the like monster manual and stuff and he likes to flip through that and ask me all these questions. He'll be running around with his, his friends just going gelatinous cube, gelatinous cube. And people are like, what is he saying? It's like, like it's a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Sorry, that's funny. So I've like 3D printed him all these dragons and monsters and stuff from Dungeons and Dragons, just because I'm like like to support what he's into. Doesn't have to like what I like. Yeah, he's living the dream. Mm-hmm. Has a 3D printer to make him whatever toy he wants. Yeah, we call them toys. <laughs> if you drop them on the ground, they will explode. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, Pretty Woman, I thought it would be fun to play a little game with Scott now. Quinn, it might sound rude to not include you in this game, but you are an X-Men, I'm going to say an X-Men expert. (laughs) An expert. And Dwayne, you probably will know the answers too, so I'm going to exclude you as well. Skate doesn't know shit about comic books. Uh, I'm in trouble here. (laughs) I I know whoever I'm playing against, I'm in... Uh, You're just playing against yourself. And the listeners, I guess, can play as they're listening too. But we're going to play a little game called X-Men or Rapper. All right, Skay. So I will give the real name of either a rapper or an X-Men. You have to just guess which is which. Okay. Simple rules. You got it? I mean, you got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, flip a coin. All right. Aubrey Graham. That's an an X-Man. No, that is Drake's real name. That's Drake. Okay. So. You never uh, watched Degrassi High, did you? I did no not. Canadians no Canadians here. No. Let's see. Evan Sabinor. Um, that's an X-Man. That is an X-Man. That is... Very proud of you. Yeah, yes. very proud of no, you. I also did some research, so... <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm on top of it. Yeah. How about that? Warren Worthington Third. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna go X Man here again. Bing bing bing. It is an X Man. It is right. Angel. Okay. You can't just guess X Man every time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it was See, like WWE right or something. Two out of three times, though. I was two out of three. I'm good so far. <laughs> yeah, you're here. gonna get half of them right if you keep guessing X Man. <laughs> all right. Well, let's seventy percent of the time he's right all the time. <laughs> Annika Mirage. And Say it again. Based off Google searches. Okay. So if <laughs> these are wrong, okay. don't send Can me I... emails that I fucked up the names. All right. I don't want to hear it. No, please do. Please do. Monica Mirage. Oh, yeah. Please. We love the engagement. <laughs> uh, Monica Mirage. Onika. O N I K A. Onika. Onika. I don't know. Uh, that's rapper. I'm going to go rapper. It is rapper Nicki Minaj. Oh, how about it? How about it? Jacques Webster. 
Jacques Webster. Wow. X-Man. X-Man. Nope, that is Travis Scott. Okay. So how many do you have right so far? Three. Three. Three for five so far? Aurora Monroe. Who? Aurora (laughs) Monroe. She's going to bring the rain. X, I'm guessing X-Man. I'm guessing X-Man. It is an X-Man. That is Storm. Okay. Good job. William Drayton Jr. I think you'll go X-Man two in a row here. I'm going X-Man. Ooh. Uh, that is uh, Flavor Flav. What? <laughs> 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 See, this, this game's fun. <laughs> Uh, last one, Sean Cassidy. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. It could be either or. That's what makes this game so great. Uh, Sean Cassidy. I'm going X Man. Well done. It is an X Man. It is Banshee. All right. And that concludes X Men or Rapper. <laughs> what was your total score? It was a five. Uh, five. Five out of how many? Pretty good. You guessed X Men for the majority of them. So. Five of eight. <laughs> five out of eight. Hit that X Men uh, cartoon theme song, man. <laughs> Before we get into food talk, let's take a little break and uh, read some copies, shall we? Hey, Scott, have you heard about CrossTheStreamsMedia.com, where you can listen to all your favorite episodes of Burn Appetit, as well as leave us a review? I haven't heard about it yet. Why don't you tell me more? Even more exciting is the new voicemail feature. At the bottom right-hand corner of your screen, there's a little microphone. Click on it, and you can leave us a voicemail, like... Give us your own X Manor rapper uh, game entries in case we want to play it later on in another episode of Burn Appetit. You can tell us how much you love us, what fast food items you like, what restaurants you hate, whatever you want. So check that out. While you're there, check out some of our sister shows on the network. There's links to all of our social media accounts so we can continue these ridiculous conversations online. All this and more. At an easy to navigate location at crossthestreamsmedia.com. Back 
in the day Made me nothing to you, it's got a different connotation to me and my whole crew Every Wednesday we go, showing up in strong numbers, spending cash that we earn Working for it all summer, maybe mowing some lawns, maybe pulling some weeds While we thinking about what happened to the rotten Mr. Creed Speaking of summers, what's up with Gene and Scott? Throw the phoenix in the mix, now that couple's twice as hot Pop on down to Target, grab the new figurines They got the car, popping action on the new Wolverines The brown and the gold, I'll take the yellow and blue Hell, while you're at it, better give me Weapon X2 Jump into the car and get them blister packs Open, not losing any pieces, it's all I've been hoping Just drop by the store and grab a wizard magazine Gotta check on my stock, I keep them fresh and so clean So back in the day, in the 1990s It was the way that we played, in the 1990s yeah. Back in the day, in the 1990s It was the way that we played, it was the 90s which was different kind of con, it was in the SD But compared to this monster, it's a far cry to see Where a kid could meet his heroes, maybe finish out a set Some collectible cards, the really hard ones to get Let's get into some food talk, fellas um, Quinn, what is your eating habits with food? Uh, with, with food? With fast food? <laughs> How do you eat, do you the, eat foods? the food? <laughs> fast food, chains, uh, fast casual yeah. Uh, are you a big I mean, fast food person or do you cook at home I, more? Yeah, I would say I try to avoid it when possible. Um, I recently moved to the Oregon coast, uh, so it's a pretty small town and there's just not as much available. I'm kind of lucky that I'm not near Carl's Jr. anymore because I really love Carl's Jr. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, every once in a while I'll dip in there, get the kids some French fries or something. But, uh, yeah, I'm not not a big fast food guy. What's your go-to? Is Carl's well, Jr. Was that yeah, your go-to? It was, yeah. Now that that's out of the picture, um, yeah, it's probably going to be McDonald's. Wow, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, why did you pick McDonald's? But I think yeah. we uh, answered that question. So... I literally, but, I only picked McDonald's for the purpose of this show because I just wanted an excuse to eat that chicken sandwich again. <laughs> like I said, I don't eat it very often, so I was like, oh, "Hey, hey, hey no, no spoilers food. yet, no oh, spoilers excuse yet." Me. Excuse me. <laughs> for oh, this but week, you go first. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> soon. For this week, our chef's diss sound of the week is going to be Christian Bale Batman quotes. So if there's any item that you did not like and you give a chef's diss, you will be providing us with a quote from any of the Batman movies. It doesn't even have to be his movies. Just use his voice. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, so let's get into it. You know what? I think I'm going to start with Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) What did you you get for your item from McDonald's, Quinn? And then tell us about it. So, guys, if you don't know, McDonald's has recently launched a limited time menu item uh, of some sort of new chicken sandwich. And it comes in a variety of flavors, the best of which, of course, is the spicy chicken sandwich. It's made to be eh, along the lines of something like a Nashville hot chicken. It's got some pickles, a little spicy pepper sauce, a really nicely uh, juicy chicken breast with a little crispy skin on the outside. It's um, quite delicious. That was the item I picked. All right. And do you give it a chef's kiss, a kumsi kumsa, or a chef's diss? Oh, definitely the chef's kiss on that one. Uh, again, I, I'm not super aware of the like fast food wars, but apparently like there's been some sort of battle on the internet about who has the best chicken sandwich. I didn't and know. And in that. my heart. 
And in your heart, are you a Popeyes guy? What are we talking? Like, is it? Who, who I am has a Popeyes it? guy. You're a Popeyes I guy. Yeah. Popeyes guy. I mean, okay. Uh, here's just the, here's the full story, real quick. Like, I grew up. Uh, you know, I was born in Texas. I grew up in Southern California. We went back to Texas every year growing up, and we always ate Chick Fil A before I knew that they were not great. And I loved Chick Fil A. And when they started opening them up in California, I ate the crap out of them. Uh, now I don't even have them near me, so I can just abstain by uh by proximity. But uh. Yeah, when people started like making all this, oh, Popeyes has the best one. I was like, please, everybody knows Chick Fil A has the best one, but this new McDonald's one is actually really good. So if you haven't tried it already and you like those kinds of sandwiches, try it. I think my rank is Colonel now in the Chicken Wars. Um, I travel all over to try all the dumb regional fast food chicken <laughs> sandwiches. Not for that purpose, but I'm they put donuts I get them. on top of it or something? Or is it like oh, what yeah, are they doing? I've now? done that. Absolutely. You did that one, did you? Yeah. That was a KFC one that did that. Yeah. Uh, that's what no, I but like Zaxby's is like a Southeast chain and like with, with like your Bojangles and oh, all the different regional one. stuff. They're all coming out with their. You of know, course. They're all want to throw in. Is Whataburger doing something like that? I don't know. Anybody in I'm Texas? I'm sure they are. Yeah. Glenn, in Texas. He's in Houston. Yeah. Oh, hey. I was born in Denton myself. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Nothing from Water. I mean, they do their chicken they always have chicken stuff yeah but they're not trying to like rebrand and be like we we've got a competitor in them no they don't have to (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) they don't have to (laughs) so is the spicy chicken your bite of the night yeah favorite item absolutely hands down all right Dwayne, what did you think of the spicy chicken sandwich uh i was pleasantly surprised uh, I, I'm used to the old spicy chicken from. It was basically just what is it like a comp- uh, big some some rubber? Nugget. Yeah, it's like a flat chicken nugget that they put on yeah. a sandwich. Yeah, um, so dry that you have to like drink your entire drink in one <laughs> drink after you took a bite. Yeah, that thing was almost as bad as a fish fillet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of spoilers, oh, oh. spoilers. Oh. It was a, nobody knew it was a spoiler. Easy. <laughs> That's right. Until we said it. Um, in the actually, the sauce is. I, it, I think it's their, like their spicy nugget sauce. It kind of tasted to me. They're, it's been they, a while. Yeah, they have a new spicy nugget sauce called Mighty Sauce. Yeah, which is surprisingly really hot because usually McDonald's says they have hot stuff and then it's way like tamed down. Hmm. But the Mighty Sauce is no joke. Yeah, so, I go light sauce on the sandwich, by the way. I, I always ask light sauce. I like it, but not in gobs. <laughs> yeah, mine was dripping out, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Wet. But uh, we're, back, we're back to Carl's Jr. If it's not all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face. Whatever. I don't know if this will be a regular rotation for me at McDonald's, but oh. I'll, I'll give it a chef's kiss. Mm. Chef's kiss. All right. Skay, what are your thoughts? Uh, I... Pretty much the same as Dwayne. Um, the thing I was slightly disappointed in was the sauce was all the heat. You know, the chicken was just the chicken. That's, mm. I mean, somebody else does a chicken sandwich where the heat is in the chicken already. And I, I don't know what, want to mention any names, not Chick-fil-A or anything like that. But <laughs> um, it was actually, it was pretty good. The chicken was pretty decent. Um, sauce was not too hot. Um, it was a little thick, but uh, also chef's kits. 
Not, not the bite of the night, but pretty okay. good. Okay. Interesting. So when this sandwich was coming out, I had it on my calendar. I was all ready to get it. <laughs> <laughs> the day before it was, I saw it available on the app. I was like, oh, shit. They're, like, I can go get it now. There's one literally right down the road from my house. So I'm like, sweet. I'm going to order it through the app. Go and get all three of these new sandwiches because I got like the deluxe one with the, you know, wanted to try it with the lettuce, tomato, right? Whatever. The original and then the spicy. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go pick this up. And like an idiot, I didn't look in the in the bag <laughs> when I got the sandwiches, got home, opened them up, and they were the old crispy chicken sandwiches <laughs> which i don't know if you've had those but those are the biggest dog shit sandwiches i've yeah. ever had in my life and i had three of them i had to eat so oh, I was good. Like, oh my god this is had horrible to. you had to do oh, it. i had to out yeah. of principle <laughs> i i hate shame to eat them i was like ah. <laughs> um so then, so the then he went day, back the next day. <laughs> so the next day I got the actual one. So when I compare. And after his second heart attack, he's back to this show. <laughs> when I compare the, the two experiences, uh, the new sandwich is a million times better. Oh, it's, yeah. It's their best chicken sandwich that they've had. Um, it's so good in that respect that it makes you go, what the fuck were you doing before? Like, why yeah. is why was it so bad? Exactly. Like, why, why was your why have the, sandwich this the day be before? The this shouldn't so be bad you know? yeah it was always so bad and it was like why i don't understand why why you led with that and then had to come up with no wait we can make stuff that doesn't taste like garbage yeah but that's also why they were a dollar right there's that that's true <laughs> no, no no i'm not talking about that one i'm not talking about that that's oh, the okay. spicy big chicken i'm talking about like <laughs> the one that comes in menu. the cardboard box like they actually try to make a presentation of this dog turd <laughs> in a box bernie you're the guy that like like hunts for the McRib when it comes back, aren't you? You're uh, that guy that's like absolutely. McRib. It's like Christmas. First, first in line, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I did actually stand in line for the uh, Rick and Morty sauce when they did that. You remember that the yeah, Szechuan chicken too. sauce? Yeah, I still have it upstairs. Oh, I sold mine on eBay immediately for one hundred and thirty dollars. Oh, that's absurd. Why would, you, why would you do that when you can keep it in a kitchen drawer for yeah. eternity? Delicious. <laughs> Just stare at it. Never even oh, tried yeah, it. The, Mou- Just, the, I, the yummy Mulan sauce. That's right. Yeah, I still have. Uh, I think I have three little pack or uh, cups of it. Um. So when you compare the the two chicken sandwiches, I mean, it was night and day. But when I compare like McDonald's to like Popeyes or even Burger Kings, what Burger Kings coming in number two? With their new chicken sandwiches, and people think that's crazy, but trust, just trust me. <laughs> McDonald's is at the bottom tier of those levels, hmm. but hmm. for a McDonald's chicken sandwich, it's great. <laughs> the chef's kiss. Hey, I enjoy it. Yeah. I will probably, I will probably order one every time if I'm going to McDonald's to get the kids happy meals and stuff. I'll probably order a spicy. Gotta get those Star Wars toys. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get, collect all the princesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's go to Dwayne. What, what was your item for the week? I went with the classic double cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. The missionary position of yeah. McDonald's. Like Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, everything. But, everything but Dwayne that... does is plain. <laughs> I'm a simple man with simple t- pepperidge. Doesn't even I'm have white... legs pulled up or anything. Just, yeah, wife's a straight missionary. Just, uh, 
I'm just ahead, saying talk, on brand, man. Talk to us about the double cheeseburger. Yeah, you added to their little count for the first time in like a generation. They're a little like, we've sold this many cheeseburgers. Like, Oh, I highly doubt that. I, they sell a ton of them. Come on. Yeah. I mean, it's just a classic. Like, it's, you know, it's what it's going to be. Like, I know <laughs> what know I'm what getting, getting if I get a double cheeseburger. No surprises. I can go anywhere in the country and order a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. I know what it's going to be. In the country. I ordered one in Japan. It was weird. <laughs> it was That's like my you know, go-to right? on it and stuff. Yeah, it was weird. Friday, I think for international travel is to find the McDonald's. Oh, for order. sure, it's so much fun. I get poutine in Canada in in mm-hmm. McDonald's. I'm like, this is just the menu items they have that aren't on other menus is great. You yep. can get uh, spam and eggs at McDonald's. Yeah, in Hawaii. In Hawaii, in Hawaii do, yep. Got to do that spam musubi sandwich. Sounds that's what's, good. That's what's up. I've done China. I've done Australia. Done Italy. I've done France. They serve beer in the French one and the German one. So wait, was the Australian uh, one actual kangaroo meat? We always joke about that here in the states, but I mean, like, why not? You got a bunch of them over there. They're like road. Um, I did have kangaroo. It was not at McDonald's, but I actually I ordered it at a restaurant. It was and? almost came like a steak. It was gamey meat, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, they call McDonald's Mackies. I think there though. <laughs> of course. It's like the slang Mackey's. Yeah, good night, Mike. Come, come, come grab yourself a Mackey's. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <Saddle them> up here. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. So you enjoy your plain Jane missionary style double cheeseburger because you can do it at any motel in <laughs> Motel Six in. It's like like oh, old exactly. faithful. You know what you're getting. So I'll get it. Uh, it's a chef's kiss. I mean, wow. It's a, it's a good standard. Okay. It's gay. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a kumsi kumsa, just because the McDouble is the same thing, and it's cheaper. <laughs> you don't taste uh, that one no. piece of plastic cheese. No, <laughs> you need you need the extra cheese. No, you don't need that extra cheese. No, you the need McDouble the radioactive. The, king now. the, the, the second that cheese touches the paper, it becomes like a polymer that will never come off. Like it's yeah, beyond toxic. The people who make the wrappings for Reese's Cups also make the wrappings for the double cheeseburger cheese. I, you know, because I believe you. I believe that you know that. Like you, you, you obviously have your your fast food stuff down. But how can we get the best part of this to stick to this paper? Right, right. <laughs> have you ever had a Reese's where you actually got to enjoy the bottom of it? No, it's all ripped off by the goddamn paper. <laughs> Sorry, Skay. Go ahead, talk <laughs> No, that's I, there's nothing to talk about. It. Everybody knows it. It's a double cheeseburger. Like what? It's exactly. Kumsi yeah. kumsa. McDouble is now the new generation. It's the Clint, new what way. Are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the double cheeseburger? Yeah, I, is there anything to say? Like, but <laughs> I mean, it's not terrible, right? Like that's the thing. It's not like it's disgusting to eat it's like yeah this is an edible sandwich like i'd probably rather have just had a regular single one like i almost would prefer two single ones is that weird like, instead of like one double like two singles <laughs> no, that used to be the number two they used to have yeah exactly yeah i know that's why i kind of like that better than just shoving it all in your mouth at the same time it's just a lot of grease a lot of that plastic cheese like so yeah i would what is it you want the shitty stale bread 
that comes with exactly. the, two, the two singles. Yeah, <laughs> that they clearly like had left over from the breakfast sandwiches they didn't sell. Like, oh, well, fuck it. Just put it on the... It's fine. Uh, so yeah, definitely the... Is it Kumsi? Am I saying that right? Kumsi Kumsa? Kumsi yeah, Kumsa. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what... that yeah, was A solid right great. there. Because it, it wasn't terrible, just not great. It, it took fun. Dwayne three episodes in order to figure out how to pronounce that. <laughs> and he actively <laughs> avoids it now. <laughs> just to try to say it. The old KK. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm with Dwayne. There's something to be said about the fact that you can get a double cheeseburger anywhere and it's exactly the same. Doesn't matter where it, you're ordering it out of a fucking Walmart in Alabama. That double cheeseburger is <laughs> tasting the same you're as, not ordering it, as ordering it in New York City. Um, I'm gonna give it a chef's kiss. I wow. like the double cheeseburger. Wow. I I don't order it ever. I like the double quarter pounder with cheese better because I'm an adult. Double um, quarter pounder <laughs> with cheese. Holy mm-hmm. hell, man! That's a big one. Yeah. Is that the Le Royale with cheese? No. <laughs> I'm an adult, Dwayne, so I don't order off the kitty menu. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. Um, it's it's wild that a restaurant can be that consistent anywhere. Especially like, I can go to two different Burger Kings that are a mile and a half apart from each other and have wildly different experiences. Uh, so yeah. I never have good luck with Burger King. I, that place is intolerable. You should go back because they're really stepping up their game. You gotta uh, try the new chicken sandwich. I, I, you know the food might be good, but the service I always get is just the oh yeah, worst. That, yeah. I mean, can't fix that ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just don't go inside and see what the floors look like. Right. No go. Right. Uh, I will go next and save Scott's for last, just because I got French fries. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and you talk about. I didn't know that was a choice. (laughs) I didn't want. I didn't know we could just pick a a side menu option. I had a soft serve vanilla cone. That was my choice. I. I didn't want to pick French fries. I didn't want to be that person because. But McDonald's fries are bomb. Yes. They're iconic. And to have an episode about McDonald's and not have an item be the fries, I couldn't let stand, especially when my name's on the goddamn podcast. I want to buy a box of their fries, get a carne asada burrito, and dump it out on the French fries and just eat it like that because their French fries are that good. Yes, their French fries are amazing. It's, But I will say, I don't think I've ever had anything to eat that can go from being perfect to being Oh yeah, the worst thing I've ever had within yeah. ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> there's no redemption either. You can't you can't reheat no, them. There's no can't way. Save it. Nope. If it gets slightly One cold, and done. they are gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like ten seconds. Like you're halfway through the meal, and then they've yep. gone from being awesome to horrible. Is right. that it's why you have to eat them on the way home? Like if you're taking mm-hmm. them home, mm-hmm. you must have yeah. those fries in you the car be, on the way. Yeah. You have to almost and, kill yourself and, and other people while you're like driving. Because you're not even sure if that was like a French fry or the straw wrapper you just ate because they taste the same. You're like, I. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets bad quick. There's a window or, there. There's a window. Or if, if they just like dumped them out of the grease and put them in your bag, you're like, oh shit, they're that's so hot. Yeah, yeah. Right. but you will still put them in your mouth. Oh, yeah, you, you got to boil them a little bit. That's why you your just you just your go, mouth can tolerate more. You just breathe into it like that's gonna cool them down. You just go. <laughs> All right, Bernie, but are you that are you that sick freak that dips him in a McFlurry? No, 
I don't I don't get that one. I don't get the people that love dipping French fries in like chocolate shakes and stuff that yeah, I get their strawberry salty shake. like oh you have to do it in strawberry, is it? A strawberry shake is the one. I uh, was trying to get ugh. one uh yesterday afternoon with the chicken sandwich, but they the shake machine was down. God damn it. The shake down. machine was down. That is just shorthand damn for it. I don't want to make that right now, dude. Oh, just leave fuck. me alone. It's just a strawberry shake it. for God's sake. I got to no. open the flavor Jesus. packet and dump it in a cup Please. with something that was re- once resembled milk that's also a powder somehow. Like, uh, reconstitute it with water. Like, Yeah, they were re- really like, nobody orders the strawberry. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I don't... Do I have to check the back the for best. that? Like, oh, I wish I would have picked strawberry shake to make you guys go to shit. McDonald's like eight different times to hit the one no. time shake. No. One time it's actually available. Yeah. No. You know their iced coffee isn't bad though. Getting off topic, but it, yeah, I, I like their iced coffee. All right, so Bernie liked French yeah. fries. Fries. <laughs> yeah, I, there are so many fast food restaurants whose fries are fucking awful. In and Out's fries are awful. Whataburger Bird. fries are off. Are awful. Five guys. Um, five guys. Oh, Man, interesting. Right. I like the season. Uh, the KFC's season bringing it now. Did you see that? KFC's got like some new seasoning on their fries. That's all right. Oh, yeah. I got yeah. them whenever we did our KFC episode. <laughs> wasn't oh. part of the item. That was a, that was a see, little extra. Is what I'm, I was going to say, am I just hearing that you only choose French fries every time? Like uh, <laughs> no, no, no. French fries. No, that was a little extra for the fans. There you go. <laughs> for the KFC uh, fans. But uh, yeah, I'm giving fries a chef's kiss. Best fast food fries, I think, easily. Uh, Dwayne, what are your thoughts on the fries? Yeah, pretty much the same. Um, I mean, they're they're just good. <laughs> just like the devil cheeseburger. It's a consistently good product. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I don't know if you ever... You guys know who Julia Child is, right? Oh, yes. Are you guys too young? Sure. <laughs> yes. Who's that old man? Uh, <laughs> he was a famous chef on I remember PBS the Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah. But she was oh she was when she was interviewed, every time she, they'd be like, What's your favorite food? She'd be like, McDonald's French fries. <laughs> Word. Yeah. I mean they're just game respects game. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Okay. I mean it's simple. They're they are the icon, Chef's Kiss. Um, yeah, just Chef's Kiss. <laughs> no other thoughts. No other thoughts. Just they—they they are so damn good. When they're right, they're right. When they're mm-hmm. not, they're not. But <laughs> both times I had them, they were pretty good. So, all right, Quinn. Yeah, here's the thing with French fries. Like, oftentimes, and I'm thinking of you, Burger King, as well as a couple others. They try to reinvent the wheel. They're just like, new French fries that don't suck. And it's just like, mm-hmm. dude, French fries weren't broken. You didn't have to try to fix them. Like, and here's the thing. I like a greasy, floppy French fry at times. Not all of them, but you know, you want that grab bag of like, this one's golden and crispy. This one's got a little too much grease and in the mouth it goes, uh, you know, but you know, some of these places like Burger King and Carl's Jr. Even at one time tried to like redo their fries and they ruined it. Like they got rid of it. There was no, it was too consistent. It was too uniform. I want uh, that kind of grab bag of who knows what you're going to get that Russian roulette fry box. And so, uh, yeah, way to, way to go. McDonald's keeping it solid from 19 <laughs> till, till now they've still been, <laughs> still been doing it the same way. Uh, I don't know. I saw the movie with Batman in it. What was that movie called? Yeah. 
she I clearly forgot founder. <laughs> the founder I, yeah founder yeah i saw the movie there but anyways um what a dick. oh sorry yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah i'm definitely gonna go with chef's kiss on that one because yeah there's no you, you don't go to a mcdonald's and not get french fries you'd be a psychopath that's actually yeah. probably on a test for how they measure if somebody yeah, is a psychopath. Killer level yeah. Shit. yeah they're like you didn't order french fries like, have you ever uh seen the the make well you know they put the mcdonald's in russia and it was like a big deal mcdonald's went over there and taught them how to grow potatoes so they could make the french fries right <laughs> <laughs> Like yeah. they have to be a certain size, you know, so you can cut sure. them. Sure, potatoes. Tiny, tiny, yeah, potatoes, so. I have not seen that. The Russians are like, you can make French fry from potato, not vodka. This is <laughs> this is wild. But why would you use it? <laughs> yeah, you drink you double. You drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hold exactly. The Just they, they sucking, the, in, sucking uh, the French McDonald's. fry, trying to get the yeah, exactly. McDonald's vodka, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You want you want vodka coke with your Mc, Mc, McDouble? <laughs> yes, please. Sounds like grew from the, yeah. the spickle with me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you could tell my amazing Russian accent in that episode of Grimm that I'm on because I had a Russian accent in that. And by Russian oh. accent, I mean a dumb American might be fooled into thinking that I'm from overseas, and a Russian person would be like, going, "Oh God!" <laughs> like <laughs> those are the best ones. Yeah. Skay, what did you get this week? I picked the filet o fish sandwich. I knew it would be a controversial choice, uh, which is why I went that route. Everyone is shaking their heads right now. I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody but me. I, I guess I'll why go did, first. Why did you pick it? Let's hear. Let's hear some background. It's my favorite. I love it. It's fucking delicious. The bun is made of just like sugar and flour. The cheese is plastic. <laughs> The fish is just a fried thing on a bun. And there's tartar sauce. I fucking love it. I ate it about in about 20 seconds. It was fast. Play a fish. Chef's Quinn, kiss for you? me. Chef's kiss. Play of the night? Uh, I'm going to go with the Dwayne route here. I'm not going to have a play <laughs> of the night tonight. Yeah. Cowardice. It's just, no, it's just all, it's all good. It's nothing's outstanding. It's just it all tastes like all grease. So, you know. Yeah, it's all it's all good. You know, it's McDonald's. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing fancy. The chicken sandwich was like good, but it was still like McDonald's good. You know, mm-hmm. I could have picked the Big Mac, and you know, ooh, it's a Big Mac or the quarter pounder. Ooh, yeah, that would have been pounder. great. The iconic Big Mac. Their the burger but, that changed the fast food industry. Oh, that would have been great. I like the filet of fish though. It's good. <laughs> but no, I had to pick fucking French fries because no one no one else picked the Big Mac. We could have just talked about fries because they're they're the fries. I mean, obviously. It's not the rules of the game, gay. We can only wanna, talk now, about what we ordered. Now I want to watch a whole documentary just about McDonald's French fries, either narrated by who would it be? Would it have to be uh, Sir David Attenborough? The the humble russet potato. As it appears, or, or is it going to be like a what's the what's the uh, oh come on what's the the German guy who does all that was in Rick and Morty? Um, Rick, uh, oh come on, everybody! He does all the documentaries about the internet and the caves and uh, Werner Herzog. Uh, Werner Herzog, you know, do like a Werner Herzog style one, like 
the potato as it rambles meaninglessly through the uh, front. Yeah, like, no, you know, okay. like I would watch that documentary. <laughs> watch the Americans stuff their face endlessly with nothing but empty calories. This one is licking the bag for the extra grease. It's amazing and beautiful at the same time. <laughs> Who's yeah. next here? Quinn, why don't we just go to yeah. you for the filet o fish? Filet o fish, yeah. I want to set the scene here a bit for you. I'm standing atop of a roof of a large skyscraper building. A bunch of th thugs and villains are surrounding me as they close in. I'm holding a fish filet sandwich in my hand, saying, Don't come any closer, I'll eat it. And then suddenly a voice comes out and says, They know, they just don't care. <laughs> uh oh. So if that tells you anything. Uh-oh, I know uh, what that means. Yeah, I vomit inducing might be the word for it. Like <laughs> I am I'm not even a fa fan of fish on a good day, let alone whatever wow. that is wow. supposed to pass for as fish. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. a, a challenge to get through. Wrong words. I like it. <laughs> I, I, I dreaded that one when I saw the menu of what you all picked. I was like, no, why? Anything but fish. No, I agree. Fast food <laughs> fish are two words. Those things should not be in the same sentence. I 100% agree. When he said that, I was like, my like, stomach dropped. That seemed, no. yeah, exactly. It seemed like a middle finger. Like, take that guy. I just want to know, what did you all do to him to make yeah. him get back at you like this? And I know he wasn't doing it to be a dick either. He genuinely no. likes it. I was like, no. I, I actually like it. Yeah. Uh, You're not alone. Dwayne. I know others. Uh, I, I, I'm, I was not looking forward to this at all. <laughs> wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but oh. still was not good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> High praise. I, for the, for the I, mean, I, I had a real low standard for this thing. <laughs> and it barely exceeded it. And this is the first one I've ever had. I've never had this in my entire life. Because <laughs> why what? would you? <laughs> oh, my God. Exactly. Why would you? Oh, my God. I'm going with uh, good effort. Uh, I don't know. Martha, why'd you say Martha? <laughs> because I ate a play of fish sandwich and it made me. That was your bad man? I don't know. It wasn't even raspy. Well, it wasn't bad. That wasn't the worst uh, I've heard from Dwayne. Okay. I never said I uh, did impressions. <laughs> I didn't know that was a <laughs> sounded like a like we... a like a woman who smoked too much cigarettes. Like, no, it was great. I love the filet of fish sandwich. Yeah, I, I can do that definitely. You yeah. sounded like the uh, fat hippo from Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> oh, dare you? Yeah, that's right. Can, Did you say can, frog? Can I get the cables unfiltered, please? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, the filet of fish, gay, gay, gay. The only time I've ordered this thing was when I had to to get extra pieces for Monopoly. Oh <laughs> You're a desperate man, Bernie. <laughs> I needed that Park Avenue. And I really wish I was kidding. Time out. Pause. What's the best prize you've ever won from playing McDonald's Monopoly? Uh, a free sandwich? Free medium yeah, prize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. <laughs> There's a really good documentary, though, about uh, how they uh, cheated the McDonald's game on oh. HBO. Yeah, no wonder we it? never won. God damn it. It's wild. It, like, is actually seriously wild. But um, 
they asked me that at Safeway the other day if I wanted to do something with them. I was like, same McDonald's what are we talking about? They got the exclusive rights to that shit. You can't ask me for that here. I you'll have to see my picture of my filet of fish sandwich that I got. It is oh, the uh, saddest fucking oh, no. thing. <laughs> my slice of cheese looks like they took like a fourth of the cheese, like they were rationing out their fucking plastic cheese. I have this little tiny strip of cheese, like uh that poor fish grew up in like two feet of tank with like sixty other fish and was murdered to make this dog shit sandwich. <laughs> it's about dust <laughs> I don't even know uh, if it's one fish. I'm sure it's a combination of multiple uh, fish. They just, it's like a or fish. Multiple yeah. fish pieces that were left over from something better that they crammed into. His it's fry. one of those yeah. horse fish. Yeah, it's like a sausage <laughs> fish. Oh, God. It's good. Uh, it's good. Regrets. Yeah. Not only was this the worst item we had. Yeah. This is the worst item we've had on the show. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wow. 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 And wow. it's not even close. Who wow. eats this thing? Yeah. It's disgusting. Wow. How is Stop it still it. on the menu? Stop I it. I keep ordering it's it. Like <laughs> it's, it's a grave injustice to the world of fast food. Just because like, I, I was telling you guys before we did the show about why Carl's Jr. used to have a version of their Western bacon cheeseburger that had a crispy mm-hmm. chicken. I'm sensing a theme here. I like chicken. Uh and it was like a Western crispy chicken. It was literally on the menu. It was bacon Swiss crispy or a Western crispy. You could get either one. And it has not been a menu item for, oh gosh, two decades maybe. But I still remember it and they still have it. And so I still go in there and I say, can I get a Western bacon cheeseburger? But can you substitute the beef patty for a crispy? And the person looks at me like I'm fucking made a, like what? Like what? there's no button for that. And I'm like, yes, there's a button for that. I can even tell you where it is. Like, yeah. And so it's like, the fact that your stupid filet fish sandwich is still on the menu after 30 years or whatever, like, and I can't get my Western crispy chicken without having to teach somebody how to do their job, like, uh, an insult. I will, I will pile on to that story. Burger King used to have this sandwich called the Western Steakhouse Burger, I think it was called. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, I was in college in the summer. It was only available for like two months. This burger basically had mashed potatoes on it with like crispy onion straws. I'm still chasing that dragon. (laughs) It's that, it's that Mulan sauce for you. That's that's that burger was fucking awesome. And it's not on the menu, but this piece of shit fish fillet is. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's like a slap in the face about like, there was one at Burger King too, not too long ago, maybe like five years ago. That was like a or less. There was a it was like a chicken parmesan sandwich with like shaved parmesan and marinara sauce with a crispy chicken. That was that was bomb. I eat that again. No fillet of fish. <laughs> well, imagine gay. shame. Imagine if they made a new fish sandwich that was like their new chicken sandwich. But it, it, might be good. Good. it would like just nice make me more angry that they were like, "Why were you doing it so poorly for all yeah. of those years?" <laughs> you gotta keep the hope, the faith. You know, they yeah. had to make chicken forever. Now they got the new chicken. You're gonna reinvent Let's the fish sandwich. The new, the new fillet of fish with real fish this it. time. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's maybe. Not get crazy. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Other than uh, Long John's, does anybody else have a fish sandwich? 
Uh, Popeye's just had a limited time. You guys probably don't have um, probably an Oregon thing. Burgerville. Burgerville does like a halibut Mm-mm. fish sandwich. Mm-mm. Well, that makes sense up there. Yeah. Arby's <laughs> does uh, Arby's does yearly like cod sandwiches. I don't know. But it's not a regular another fast food restaurant that's known for its uh you know <laughs> temperance and in, in its menu items. They, this uh, is six pounds of pure beef smothered in nacho cheese. <laughs> if you don't have a heart attack before you leave here, <laughs> you have to pay us extra. Meat mountain. Yeah. Would you like a chicken sandwich that also has four pounds of deli meat on it? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right, fellas. We got one thing left to do, and that is to rank McDonald's on a scale of one to ten. Quinn, you are our guest, so you can go first. What the whole restaurant McDonald's? as yeah, an institution. Experience. One to experience, ten. yes. Oh gosh. That's a lot of pressure, you guys. It's a it's an American institution. It's it's a, it's like baseball. Like how you know, if you start <laughs> crapping on it, it's like ball. baseball, isn't it? It's red, white, and blue. Um <laughs> six comes to mind like i mean you guys make fair points fair. it's consistent yeah. it's not if, if nothing but it's reliable uh you know if you just want to satiate yourself with some french fries and a burger like it'll do the job uh but it's still fast food in fact it's practically the king of fast food sorry burger king yeah i agree um i'll go next i We'll give it a six and a half. I'll just go a little above your score. Okay. Just because I want to give it extra points just for how consistent it is. Because that's a big deal and it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it seems like a sad standard, though. It's like, <laughs> I like, know. Thank you for at least delivering a consistent product instead of just like, again, like just a Russian roulette of like, oh God, I hope this doesn't kill me like, today. <laughs> the amount of restaurants they have and to do that. At every one of them. Oh, so you're just impressed with the scale of the operation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Six and a half from me. Um, I do like the analogy of saying it's like baseball. It's like old glory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't talk shit on old glory. Hershey's chocolate, Marlboro cigarettes, (laughs) Coca-Cola, and McDonald's. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Coca-Cola out of McDonald's is the best Coca-Cola, right? Yes, (laughs) it is. What do they do uh, to their Coca Cola? Especially McDonald's? when you have a hangover, it's it's like the best. It's thing. different. The I wouldn't know. McDonald's I wouldn't know. Dr Pepper or Bust? Come on, Dwayne. Where are you at? Texas love. Come on. I'm uh, originally from New England, so. Oh come on now. <laughs> Anywhere in Texas, they they'll start you out. What well, can I get you? Sweet tea, Dr Pepper? They don't they don't even start with Coke. <laughs> Something about the Coke at McDonald's is just better, and I don't know why. Yeah, I agree. Why don't you give your score, Dwayne, since you also are a fan of the Coke? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go Price is Right rules, and I'm going to go 6.51 just <laughs> to oh, do you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every every time I go there, I have the same experience. I know what I'm getting. Even the service is pretty much the, the same. special. <laughs> <laughs> Even the service, for the most part, is the same. So that's what old man Dwayne wants in his life. He wants his 7 a.m. Wednesday morning Denny's reservation. Mm-hmm. No, actually, <laughs> I want early bird special. I want I want the McDonald's. Like if you go into McDonald's early in the morning, the guy, the old guy sitting there have like a real McDonald's mug. 
And I'm like, how do you get that? <laughs> you have to earn it. <laughs> You'll be there soon, Dwayne. Do they still it's do coming. they still do the like styrofoam plate that has the like eggs and the pancakes and stuff? Mm-hmm. I used to get that when I was a yep. kid. Uh, Is the that still there? Breakfast. Damn, yeah. Oh, you know what was the other before it's we classic. wrap it up? The other mystery item or like menu item that doesn't exist anymore that I used to eat the crap out of in like early high school was they did a bagel sandwich. Yeah, it's like a bagel with eggs and meat and some sauce and cheese. Dude, I could eat like three of those in a single sitting. That 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 I do miss. Like. I'll give you, you that. Almost do our own show on just a breakfast alone. Yeah, right. you should. We may. So, <laughs> we Challenge accepted. When, when we start running out of uh, restaurants to do, <laughs> we're gonna do uh, the Cheesecake Factory, but one menu page per episode. Oh, God. <laughs> That'll last you to the end of time. <laughs> yeah, Christ, the whole ten episodes right there. Yeah, I was season sitting in the section that was designed like Atlantis for some reason. <laughs> like. Oh, really? I was in the Mexico section. <laughs> That'd be amazing uh, season. Just do yeah. page of <laughs> All right, Skay, what are you giving McDonald's here? Oh, man, this is this is a tough one because I love McDonald's. It's classic. Yeah, you've been but... defending the play of fish this whole time. It better be a good score. I, I'm going to go 5.99. What? Oh, oh you went the other way. I did. I went. Actually, he's playing prices right rules. If anything, Dwayne, I could have no. I could have bid one dollar. One dollar would have been the <laughs> killer because I had anything up to six then at that point. But anyways, five point nine nine. Um, it it's good, but I never eat there because I. It's just like not that good. You don't have kids. I don't have kids. <laughs> the, like the fries. The fries are probably the highlight. But it's, you know, it's the same old fries. I have other places like where, like close to McDonald's, I'll go there. I don't go to McDonald's. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, 5.99. Uh, I, I gave Chef's Kiss the most things. It's just, yeah. The, usually my service sucks. I don't know. The McDonald's that's close to me, it sucks there. The, anytime you go there, doesn't matter. You have to wait. And, <laughs> That pisses me off. Make me a fucking filet of fish and some fries. <laughs> and don't tell me the fucking shake machine is down. And that's it. And also, also, you guys were raving about the Coke. I had a bad Coke from McDonald's. It tasted I don't weird. Believe it. it tasted it's weird. Maybe you got I'm, the uh, Russian vodka Coke. Uh, maybe I did. <laughs> I don't know. I dumped like half of it out. It was disgusting. I, I'd never... It tasted like burnt. How do you have something that tastes burnt? (laughs) (laughs) McDonald's will find a way. It was weird. It was McDonald's will uh, uh, find a way. Um, But this is like watching Top Chef, and you just like this was the elimination round. That that McDonald's just got cut because you're five point nine nine after you raved about the fish sandwich because the Coke was burnt. (laughs) And I feel like this is a personal vendetta because of a strawberry milkshake. (laughs) I feel like that's that's really uh, what is happening. I am pissed off that I didn't get my strawberry shake. I know the CEO at at McDonald's is going to listen to this and be like, damn it. Why did like, this is going to be their new thing. Like this is going to be the thing that changes all shake machines (laughs) across the the brand. They're gonna, just like they're gonna, they're gonna update. I sure hope so. That would be great for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a milkshake swimming pool. Come and jump on in. You can dip your fries and your whole body in. <laughs> Ugh, can you imagine? 
I could see it. Just we All filled right. we filled the play palace with the strawberry uh, milkshake. Yeah, with the slide. Down the slide. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I'm going. <laughs> I'll be first in line for that. Oh, you better it's be. Cool. You don't want to be last in line for that. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. And you know what? You also don't want to be last in line for to listen to episodes of Burn Appetit. <laughs> So hey. Make sure you uh, check that out at crossthestreamsmedia.com. That should wrap it up for this episode, McDonald's episode. Thank you to Quinn for joining us. It was awesome having you here. Uh, yeah, I thank really you guys. This. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, one last thing to do before we wrap it up, and that's a little thing I like to call plug. So, Quinn, this is your opportunity to plug away what you got going on in your life, where you want people to go and check out what you got, music, acting, comic books, whatever you want to talk about. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. You can uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, my acting and music for the most part is under at kid apoc K I D A P O C. If you want to check out some of the Gaslands kind of uh, hot wheels conversion and gaming stuff that I do, my alternate account is at wasteland autos, Inc. I N K uh, I'm sorry. I N C as in incorporated. Uh, so Wasteland Autos Inc. and Kittapak. Um, keep an eye out for sex, drugs, and sushi rolls. We're going to have some more information on that real soon. And uh, yeah, keep your ear to the ground for Doombot 49 is the new uh, hip-hop project I'm working on as a tribute to the legendary MF Doom. Awesome. Uh, definitely keep us in the loop with the comic book. And uh, when that comes out, we will promote it and plug it. Hell yeah. And- I will also buy a copy if you have physical ones too. Word. So. All right. Thanks again for coming. This was a lot of fun. Um, Thank you guys. Hey, why don't you close this out? Oh, but up, 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 uh, we were loving it here on Burn Appetit. This was our review of McDonald's, a cross the streams media network podcast.
near misses Sayonara We're exploring all the options Maybe Mecca, King Ghidorah I'll ignore her Whatever Siri that he gave me The Alexa of my mainframe The one that's screaming Save Pulling one for the homie Coming out of me like word vomit One, one, zero, zero, one Fucking doggone it Ain't a bottomongus Got the fungus on his stones he Got the mask Lord humongous Lordy doom I'm just a drone Got the ducats for the session Trying to make a nice impression This recession Tore my mesh and fuck it Go, go, gadget Depression Been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.